thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. <laughs> oh, I nearly was. Right, I'm going to play a game. So Simon says, you all know how to play it. So Simon says, touch your nose. Simon says, touch your toes. That little bit more difficult. Simon says, put your leg behind your head. <laughs> Didn't need to see that. Right, Simon says, stand up and sing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. <laughs> Simon says, right, that's enough, thanks. Sit down. That's not actually what I was expecting you to do. You're already obviously very empowered by the Holy Spirit's presence this morning. <laughs> yeah. Right, Simon also says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. That is found in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. And therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. That's 2 Peter 1.10. So we all know Peter was called Simon Peter, so that's my little segue. And just for the scholars among the room, yes, I know Simon Peter probably didn't write that book, but it might be his words. Anyway, it was just a useful anecdote. Right, so Johnny spoke last week on spiritual gifts. And I encourage everyone to know theirs. And so I thought this week that we could take a closer look at some of the gifts, uh, get a bit practical. And I do have an ulterior motive in this, which will become apparent. So we're going to suggest some practical ways of beginning to use them. And as Simon Peter says, serve others as stewards of God's grace and to make an effort to confirm your calling. Now, when the scriptures were written, they didn't split life between like church stuff and secular stuff as we do now. They just lived. So when it talks about calling, it doesn't necessarily mean you are going to have to quit your day job or wait till you're retired to do your calling. All right. Some will be called to be all in, but we can't all be the pastor capital P, can we? There just isn't the room for that. So you can exercise your spiritual gifts and your calling whilst being a nail technician or an accountant or whatever, possibly not in the government or if um, you work at the tax office, not sure about that. But anyway, we'll see. <clears throat> so Johnny highlighted that spiritual gifts come from God, they're for the building up of the church, the common good, and they point to the glory of God. So there are three main lists of spiritual gifts in the Bible, which mention 20 gifts, and then there's more besides in other places. So you can see a graphic on the screen now, and that's got the 20 that are in the three main lists. So Johnny shared the list that was from 1 Corinthians 12. 
And the verses following this use the imagery of the body of Christ to show how we all have different functions. So 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 13 says, I've got a lot to go through, by the way, so I'm going to talk faster, right? You can always listen back on the podcast if you missed taking a reference. So just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. And then verse 18 goes on to say, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And verse 29 asks, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, etc.? And these are rhetorical questions, as the answer to each is obviously no. So as a human body has different parts that carry out all the functions necessary for life, so the body of Christ will embody all the functions necessary for the life of the church. So let's have a think about a body. What part of our bodies have the gift of standing? So legs, yeah, your feet. Your feet don't stand a chance, do they, Ian? No. Anyway, feet and legs, yeah, are the most obvious. But you try standing if you've got a bad back, or vertigo, or you're asleep. Our core muscles work very hard. Our eyes work with the structures in our ears to keep us balanced. If I start moving my arms, standing becomes a little bit harder. So it's important they know to keep still. And if my brain isn't working, then I'm just going to drop to the floor. So although our feet and legs have the main job of standing, all our body actually has something to contribute to standing. So likewise with spiritual gifts and we as the body of Christ. There is a case for saying the Bible says that everyone has a specific main spiritual gift like Johnny said last week. And many think you're given this when you receive the Holy Spirit. But that doesn't mean that the rest of us in the body who haven't received that specific gift don't have anything to contribute of that gift. So, for example, some will be given the spiritual gift of evangelism. And as long as they don't ignore it, they're likely to become an evangelist. But it is quite clear from various passages of the Bible that we are all supposed to be involved in spreading the gospel, in evangelizing. Simon again says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. That is 1 Peter 3.15. And then Matthew 28 verse 19 that you probably all know is known as the Great Commission says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Now some people said that was just for the apostles and not for us, but making disciples of all nations, that seems a little bit much for just 12 men to me, don't you think? So there isn't enough time to go into them all now, but there are also other gifts on the list that we are all called to do some of or to ask for. So don't do nothing while you're waiting for your spiritual gift to be revealed in a neon sign before you. That's not going to happen. 
you might only discover your gift by actually demonstrating something we are all called to do to some degree anyway. So if you're not already practicing your gift or you're still unsure of what it is, how can you start? So let's take evangelism as an example. And I'm going to get a little bit abstract now, so I hope you all follow me. So I've said we're all called to do some. So are you all going to go out and attempt to lead someone to Christ this week? No, are you weak? <laughs> you might, but not all of you. Are you weak? It's like me asking you to stand up and sing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star before. Now this is where you made a mess of it because I wasn't expecting many of you to stand up. But for those of you that didn't, it's scary. I'll tell you what, stand up on your own and sing it. Yeah. That is actually, that is really interesting. And you'll find out at the end. So that was what was meant to happen the first time. Okay. Generally, it's scary, right? You don't want to make yourself vulnerable. You don't want to stand out or mess up. You think you don't have the gift of singing, so you shouldn't do it because you're not equipped. Now, you might not be Mariah Carey or Sam Fender, for the younger ones in here. (coughs) Alan, they're both popular singers, right? (laughs) But you can still use your voice to bless people. Just think about singing happy birthday to someone you love. It blesses them even though you're not a singer. Now, you may not be Billy Graham or Mike Pilavachi, but you can still share what God has done in your life to bless others. When we played Simon Says, we all touched our nose. Now, this was really simple. We could all do that. It didn't require a lot of skill or courage. We all have a nose. And we all have a testimony. Now, your story is probably the most useful tool that you have to start someone on a faith journey. In this postmodern world of my truth, people are really happy to hear about your experience, but they most likely will switch off or even get angry if they feel that they're being preached at or as some sort of project for you. So be prepared to give a reason for the hope you have by knowing your story and sharing it with gentleness and respect. Now, we don't all have a Road to Damascus-style conversion story. For some, you might just want to make it as simple as, people once called me chicken stealer, but now they call me pasta. Or I used to feel rejected, but now I know I'm chosen by the King of Kings. Or I once did the Keswick to Barrow walk, not knowing that I had a critical heart condition, and God protected me and brought me to full health so I could do it again. That's not me. We all know who it is. You may start and actually find that you have got a book in you. Know your story. Some of us were able to touch our toes quite simply. But it may be a little bit more difficult for others. You may need to exercise and stretch to be able to do this. And I'm included in that, so I'm not even going to try it. So it may be that way in sharing the gospel. Some can explain it quite easily and are ready to talk to someone about Jesus if the moment arises. But some might need to do a bit of exercise and stretching before they can work out how to communicate it simply. 
There are absolutely loads of resources to help you learn how to tell the gospel to someone very simply on the internet. Or there may be people in here who can help you with that. So put a little bit of work in. And I've also got some resources over there that might help you as well. Um, there's a, a red booklet that they've probably got enough for everybody. Okay, so know the gospel. Now, putting your leg behind your head. I'll use my arm to demonstrate. That's impossible for most of us, right? We have not been given the gift of putting our legs behind our head. So we shouldn't go trying to force it or we'll do some damage. In that way, do not go marching off to Tesco, determined to be an evangelist and save the soul of whether you first come across in the veg aisle when you're woefully ill-prepared or equipped. You'll do damage. We don't save souls. God does. So we don't need to force anything thinking we're being bold. We just need the boldness to be obedient when God presents us with an opportunity. Now that takes wisdom. But James 1 to 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. That is another spiritual gift that although you may not hold the office of the voice of wisdom, like maybe somebody on a leadership team would be thought of as, God will grace all who ask with a measure of wisdom to contribute to the wisdom of the whole body. Now, every week in my job, I meet a new person or persons, and they are more often than not very bruised by life, with a very low opinion of themselves, with not many if any, in some cases, people around them speaking positive things into them. How damaging would it be for me to just go straight in with, you're a sinner and you need Jesus to wash you clean, repent, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, we do all fall short of the glory of God. And that is why we do need him. And we do need to understand that. But is that person going to hear anything I say after I've just reinforced that negative self-image they hold? I need wisdom in finding a different way to share about Jesus. We all do. And we need to know people. So if you're serious about evangelism, know people and ask for wisdom. Now there'll be some among you who can just put their leg behind the head. We've saw it. You're just made like that, yeah? And some people will have such a powerful testimony that they'll be able to draw crowds to themselves to hear their story with very little training. We can probably all think of somebody who's, who's you know, touched our lives. God is really wise, and he often gives spiritual gifts that complement our natural talents or our experience Jesus himself is sometimes known as the wounded healer. So some gifts may feel very natural to us. But there will be others among you who can't currently put your leg behind your head. But you have the potential to, if you commit to lifting it as far as you can every day. Don't start now, Steph. <coughs> One day, you will be able to do it. And so, with evangelism... You can start easy by knowing your story and learning to communicate the gospel and taking all the opportunities God gives you with wisdom. 
but then you need to study the scriptures and people consistently and you'll develop to the point that you can create opportunities to share the gospel and in a way where people don't just want to punch you in the face and then you'll realize ah I do have the gift of evangelism and you'll continue developing till you are an evangelist now if that is stirring you inside right now I want you on my team you can start testing that gift there small print after an assessment of suitability and completion of a DBS check <laughs> what is my team I hear you ask <laughs> well I haven't spoken for a long time um, in church so many of you might not know that I actually work for church as the CAP Debt Centre Manager now CAP is Christians Against Poverty and they are one of the country's main debt counselling charities they're based in Bradford and they partner with local churches like ours to put a face on their debt counselling service, but also to offer holistic support from the church and to share the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. It's my role to visit clients in their home and I currently have 42 households that I'm working with. They're generally not people who've spent beyond their means and now they're reaping the consequences. They're people who are struggling to keep up with their rent and their bills. The majority have got bailiffs at the door for council tax, not because they just don't want to pay it, but because they shouldn't have had to pay it, but they didn't quite have the right paperwork in at the right time to get the full benefit because no one teaches you to deal with these systems. The people who have often struggled for over three years, but mostly buried their head in the sand, and they still have a propensity to do that from time to time throughout the process too. They often have little or no support systems, are on unsustainable budgets with anxiety and depression, some recovering or still dealing with addiction, huge trust issues, afraid to have people in their homes, and mainly having had significant and sometimes layer upon layer of trauma in their background. So the process is involved and lots of different support is offered. But we work with them to get them debt free as soon as possible so they're not living under the unbearable weight of debt any longer. So when I go around for the first time, more often than not, I just sit down and listen for an hour while the client unburdens themselves because they don't have many or even any people that they can just offload on without fear of judgment. Considering they often have trust issues, this is a miracle of God's grace in the first place that this happens. Now, if you've been moved, stirred, or excited by the thought of being part of that, if you can picture yourself being a compassionate, empathic listener to that person, then maybe you have the spiritual gift of exhortation. And if you want to test that out, then you can come along on a visit with me and see how you find it. After we've listened, I'll explain the process and we go through their situation and I make assessments of need. Now, often I have to make phone calls to organisations to request information on behalf of the client. Sometimes I have to apply to funds for things or help them apply for assistance. Sometimes the cupboards are bare and I have to take them shopping. But all that extra support that's needed can be absolutely overwhelming for me and I find it difficult to fit it all in, which sometimes means I'm not able to spend the time relationship building that I'd like to. But if you're thinking, I love walking round Aldi, 
filling in forms or making phone calls. And I'd really rather serve God like that than have to try to share the gospel with someone. Then maybe you have the spiritual gift of helps by supporting somebody else in order to free them for ministry. And if you want to test that, again, come out with me and get a feel for what needs doing. Or you can just go to my house and do my iron instead, whichever, happy with either. When we've gathered all the necessary information, this gets sent to the debt advisors at CAP head office and they put together a financial statement or budget for the client. And they produce an advice letter dealing with the client's, uh, detailing, sorry, the client's options for getting out of debt. I then see the client with this advice and explain their options. They choose their route forward and we see them through to being debt free. Yay. Now this is all great, but in this current cost of living crisis, it no longer means that it's going to have an impact on the client's outlook. Universal credit for a single person is 324 pounds and 84 pence. They will also receive 376 pounds and four pence towards their rent. Now, getting a council house at the moment is nigh on impossible. So people are forced to rent privately, and the most basic rent at the moment is £450 and rising. So this leaves that person after rent with £250.88 per month to live off. How much is your gas and electricity costing you right now? You've got to remember that's going to come off there. And this person is likely paying more for theirs because they're probably on a top-up meter, which is more expensive. And they've still got to pay the full water rates and the TV license. You've got to be online if you're on benefits and expected to be looking for work. So they need to pay for the broadband too. If they're a man and they have children who don't live with them, they will also be expected to pay some child maintenance out of that. How much do you think is left now? How do they exist? <laughs> Never mind, live. I'm sure that that moves all of you. But some of you right now might be overwhelmed with a desire to help financially. Maybe you have the spiritual gift of giving. So like I've said, there are things we should all contribute of, and the Bible says we should all give cheerfully. But some are gifted to want to give generously, outrageously, even irrationally. There are many ways to give as Christians, and that is between you and God. But if you do have a desire to contribute locally in a specific way, then please speak to someone in leadership about what ways you can give. Um, or you may want to even start your own fund. CAP, the wider charity, rely heavily on donations from individuals. They receive no government or corporate funding because they will not compromise on being a gospel-sharing organisation with the freedom to ask someone if they can pray for them. Regular givers are called life changers because they literally are to thousands who find freedom from the pressure of unmanageable debt and to those who find freedom in the hope of Jesus Christ because the local church shared the gospel with them. If you would like to become a life changer, or you already are, but you would like to increase your gift, then please um, get the details from the stand after the service, or you can go to capuk.org and follow the links. But if you come to see me afterwards, you will actually get a free book. If you, uh, It's a good read. It is a really good read. That will show you what faith is. Trust me. 
to clarify, this is given to run the wider charity, uh, not locally, but without them, we've got no service to provide locally. So it's important that they keep going. So I wanted to show you some photos, the first lot of photos. This, these are just a few uh, photos from one of the client's houses that I've been to. Hopefully they will appear as I'm talking. So people are living in houses with baths leaking into the living room, with rough bare plaster walls, with infestations of carpet beetles. There's someone who could see through the bedroom floor to the living room. There's mold, damp, draft. And remember I said, most people are paying more in rent than they actually receive for it. That's the back doorstep. So that's a nice moldy trip hazard for them. If that and the things I said previously about money make you feel absolutely incensed at the injustice, then maybe you have the spiritual gift of mercy, a calling to help the poor and afflicted. And you know, you can test it by coming along with me. See if you want to use your practical stills to help someone's home more livable. Or maybe you may be inspired to buy a house with a small green space outside and make it a nice place to live for a family on a low income and only charge rent at the rate they'll receive benefit for it. Or maybe you'll even start a non-profit organisation of some sort. With God, all things are possible, yeah? So the other pictures are coming up now. Prior to COVID, we love to bless our clients by putting on events. Um, so some of the photos should be on the screen. Obviously, I can't show ones with people on because of confidentiality. Um, so there aren't photos with people on. Events where we treated them with good food. We let the kids be entertained. We tried to make them feel special. And we also take an opportunity to share what we believe. Because there isn't always opportunity. And it's not always appropriate to do that while we're meeting in somebody's house. I do hope to hold an event like this again very soon. And if you're thinking, I'd love to bake some cakes or cook a meal. Or do a beautiful table centerpiece for something like that then you may have the gift of hospitality. Or if you think, I would love to sit at a table and chat, make people feel welcome, find out about them, then you may have the gift of small p, pastoring. Or, ooh, I bet there's loads of pots to wash up after one of those things. Then maybe you are really weird, but also have the spiritual gift of service. Again, you can start testing all those giftings by volunteering for the next event. Now, we don't want to put anyone off. So let me say this isn't often, and it hasn't put me off. I don't know what's going on with this hand today. I'm going to swap. Let's do this one. <laughs> but sometimes I go into houses with tarot cards, with Ouija boards on the shelves, with other occult paraphernalia. Some people have quite serious mental health issues and can be suicidal. Some can be aggressive and verbally abusive, and I did once leave a house quite quickly because I did actually fear physical violence. Not my fault, by the way, just in case you're thinking, what did you say? <laughs> Some of you right now are thinking, that girl needs covering in prayer, and your spiritual gifts of faith, maybe discernment, maybe even healing, you can test them out with me as much as you like, 
because we are, as we often say in here, in a spiritual battle. And I, on the front line, are sometimes acutely aware of that. So bring your faith on. And you can also bring it on on a Sunday evening to pray for the town. I have a vision for how great the CAP service could be. But I don't have the time and resources to carry that out on my own. There are loads of other potential ways that could arise for people to practice their gifts. But it needs a team. I also need to provide continuity for the service. And I'm currently studying a theology degree because I know at some point God is going to ask me or say it's time to put my leg behind my head. And then I'm going to need to pass cap on to someone else. Now, neither of those two things should be a motivation for you to get involved. And I also need to say that there are many other ways of testing your gifts within the church through the work of Walney Community Trust. Uh, there are other CAP courses as well that Ros runs, the CAP Money course and the CAP Life Skills course. But I'll leave that with those responsible to share as and when they wish. But if you are really wanting to take a step of obedience to test out a gift or even a calling, then I'm showing you a place where you could easily put your first footstep down and where there is genuine need. So remember what Simon says. You could sing Twinkle Twinkle. Right, no, I have to change this words now because it's not right now. Twinkle Twinkle. Only some people actually got up when I said you've got to sing it on your own, didn't you? Okie dokie. You were happy to start singing and be the confidence so that other people would join you. Now, I'm doing the wrong bit. So you've thrown everything off by singing now. <gasps> so I was supposed to start singing Twinkle Twinkle, and then you were going to join in, right? So I was leading. That's, that's what was meant to happen, right? So if you choose to serve with me, then obviously I'll be leading so you don't need to be afraid is the top and bottom of that because there's somebody else alongside you, you're in a safe place to be able to test that gift, all right? And when you do start testing, you'll know if you're on the right track because you'll start seeing fruit. You might also receive inner satisfaction, but bearing fruit will be the sign that that is your gift. So a couple of last little things. If you were happy to stand up and sing Twinkle Twinkle, knowing you're not really a singer, but you thought you'd be first to give everyone else the confidence, then just maybe you have the spiritual gift of leadership. Test it. Now, leadership doesn't necessarily mean you'll be a church leader. Again, that is an office that not everyone can hold. But you may be a house group leader or a godly head teacher of a school. Or you may run your own business and staff with godly integrity and counter-cultural values. Or you may be a future cap, cap debt centre manager. The foot behind the head was an imperfect analogy because it only really works for the under 35s anyway, whereas spiritual gifting can be honed at any time. It's never too late. And God can choose to give you another gift at any time of his choosing. So don't ever think you're done. If you're still here, God's got work for you in his kingdom. If you didn't do anything at all, actually, you might have held a rebellious spirit against me. So I really hope that you're not going to do that against God. Anyway. 
But hope, if anyone was uncertain of their initial spiritual gift, that something sparked something inside you today and you have a clearer idea of how to start. Don't say your own no. We'd have none of the adult worship leaders would be here if we all just listened to ourselves. Be bold enough to ask others about your gifts. Ask God for confirmation. Then step out. Go for prayer. And don't leave here without getting my contact details. There's loads of business cards on there. Please get in touch. Don't go from here and forget. If your heart's pounding now, knowing that you need to get involved, take a card. Now, actually, the very, very last thing, because God should have the last word and all glory to him. When I last shared in 2021, we celebrated our 50th debt-free household. And we have just celebrated our 82nd debt-free client. So altogether, that's 92 adults and 72 children freed from debt. And last year alone, we were able to access over £6,000 of funding for the direct benefit of our clients. Yeah. All glory to God. Amen.